Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti and this is Yogaland. Today my guest is Dara Kennedy. Dara is the founder of Ayla Beauty, which is an online and brick and mortar beauty store in San Francisco. She worked for 10 years in retail and beauty marketing for Elizabeth Arden, product development, branding. She went to Princeton. She has an MBA from Harvard. And aside from all of those amazing credentials, she also has an extensive background in yoga and meditation. And I got to know Dara as a customer first before I got to know her a little bit better. And I've always been able to sense that she's just a unique kind of business owner and entrepreneur. I've always been able to sense that. And then once I learned that that she does yoga and meditates, it made sense to me because it really plays a role in the way that she runs her business. And that's why I wanted to introduce you to her today. I don't often interview people outside the purview of yoga, but when they really fascinate me, I do. You might remember several years ago, an interview with Rebecca Katz. She's a, a cookbook developer and um, a nutritionist. Um, I've spoken to two other women um, from the beauty company and Marie Skincare. I'll put my link to that interview on the show notes. And I just find it really fascinating when people are able to incorporate their values into the way that they run their whole business. So I got to ask Dara for the first time, I got to ask her directly, you know, what role does yoga play in her life? And then what role does it play in the way that she sees beauty? So this conversation goes from meta and we we do talk about our own beauty philosophies to nitty gritty. I ask her like, why is social media now obsessed with the skin barrier? And what does that mean? What should we do about it? And we kind of bounce back and forth through again, like the more conceptual conversations around beauty and aging and representation and the American ethos when it comes to beauty and then how we cope with it. And then back down to like the nitty gritty of, of products. So I know that you will enjoy this interview and let me know what you think. I could possibly find some more interesting entrepreneurs to feature on the podcast. Hi, Dara. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much. I, this is such an honor, and I'm just so excited to be talking it's, to you. It's such a treat for me to be face-to-face -face with someone. So we're here right. in your store, Ayla, in San Francisco. Um, I'm just back here visiting for the weekend. And, you know, the first time I came in your store, I mean, I want to say, I don't know, it was like seven years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. And it was for this um, auction, like silent auction for my daughter's school. I remember. I had just gotten through breast cancer treatment and I was real. I got really interested in natural products and beauty and organic food and all these things. Mm -hmm. I was a bit obsessed um, <laughs> and, you know, trying to look for something I could control really. Yeah. But I came into your space and it just, it's so lovely and you are so lovely. And oh. even though we don't see each other that often, like we've, kept, we've stayed connected with each other all yeah. these years. And I think that I feel that in the way that you, in your philosophy behind Ayla. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to talk about that a little bit on your website. Um, you said our dear partner and friend, Pedro of 12 beauty, very kindly wrote that I treat customers like my best friends. It's true. I do. And it's genuine. So yeah. What is your philosophy behind opening Ayla and, mm -hmm. and how do you do it? Okay. That was a very sweet quote. And um, I also want to say I am such an admirer of yours. And <laughs> probably even the little throwaway comments that you make on your Instagram stories, I find I repeated them to my daughter. Oh, nice. Thank For you. example, when you said one thing that you wish you could have told your younger self is everything is going to be okay. Such a gem. So true. And I've told her that yeah. multiple times. Oh, that's so nice. Um, <clears throat> so... Pedro's quote was very sweet. I think when I started Ayla, I'd spent years in the beauty industry, in and around the industry, and thought there are so many great products that are designed to make you feel great. But oftentimes the experience of buying them does not do the same thing. 
And I thought that was a shame Mm -hmm. and such an opportunity. And so it was funny when I was thinking about is writing my business plan. And I was thinking, how do I want to make people feel? Obviously, I want them to feel beautiful. And then the question was, how? And so I sent a survey to all the women I knew because I thought it would be most pertinent to them. And I said, it was just one question. Actually, it was two questions. The first one was, when do you feel most beautiful? And the second was, how old are you? And I think as a staunch feminist, I wanted everyone to reply. I always feel great. I always feel beautiful. I just know that I am. Mm-hmm. One person said that who is one of my best friends since we were four. And I was like, I know who that <laughs> I know who wrote that. But for the most part, this was so interesting to me. Most people wrote it was when someone else commented on something that they noticed. And I was sad about that at first, but then I realized that to me, what the nugget in that is, is we feel beautiful and we feel like we matter. And so I thought, okay, I want to create a place, an experience where women feel like they matter. Mm. And part of that to me is, I think the greatest form of respect that you can show another person is telling them the truth. Mm. And so that's something that I've always tried to do with every description that I write with every product that I evaluate, all the brands that we bring on, I look for that same level of authenticity in everyone and everything. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, when you think about, when you said that, I feel most beautiful, that people respond, I feel most beautiful when someone mentions something. There's also that thought process like of mirror neurons, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, we really... Like our brain responds to what someone is mirroring to us. So that's kind of nice too. Oh, I think you really have a unique ability to do that for people. Oh, that's so good to hear. I really do. (laughs) I genuinely do. I mean, like I I have always felt with you, you know, I could buy buy my products anywhere. I don't Mm -hmm. live here anymore. I buy all of my products from you online. Um, And there's so many places you can shop now for like organic and natural beauty and so many brands. But um, I, I always stay with you because I feel, well, first of all, because I feel like your knowledge and I just trust you. I feel like your knowledge and your taste level is like better than anyone's. Um, but also I never feel pressure Mm -hmm. from you. I never feel pressure from you. I never feel pressure from you to buy Mm -hmm. in your descriptions. I don't feel pressure from you and I don't feel pressure in terms of like living up to a beauty ideal. And I don't know how you do that. But I feel like it's there's a consciousness in the way that you are. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because I started this after, like, this is stuff that I, I've had this group of hometown besties since we were, like, four years old. And I think one of the things that inspired me to start this business was with them— I would advise them on what to use and like how to think it, like how do you, what to use and also how to think about it and how to think about what they're noticing in their skin. And so I think it's just, that's just the way that it's always been. And it's funny because as someone who would shop for beauty elsewhere or like look for it elsewhere, I don't think I even internalized the fact that it could be different until I went to a shop with my husband, that shop that I will not name. <laughs> and we were looking around and we left. And he said, I cannot believe the way that that woman spoke to you. And I was sort of like, what are you talking about? And he was like, she was so condescending and it was just disgusting. And hmm. she had no idea that you know all these things already. And I was sort of like, I think I'm just so used to it that I didn't even notice it. Yeah. Which is crazy. No, you're absolutely right. We are kind of used to it as yeah. women. There's like, yeah, and maybe that's shifting, but well, it's nice that you're part of the shift. Oh, thank you. So because you have that, <laughs> like you're aware of that and you have that consciousness. Yeah. So I I'm so curious. It's so fun for me to be, be able to ask you yeah. these questions like directly that I've always wondered. Um one of the things that I notice on your blog and <clears throat> on Instagram is that you have real relationships with the people that you feature, yeah. you know, the brands that you feature. Like I remember, I I think one of the earliest products 
product lines that I really love that you carry is My Have Torn, which yeah. is a Swedish product. Oh, I product. love them so much. And like, I see that you go to their farm where they yeah. harvest this, the sea buckthorn berries and like that you go to Spain and talk to the yeah. owner of, founder of 12 and all these things. So how do you create those relationships or, you know, and is most of what you do relationship-based? How, how do you find, how do you select brands to trust? Yeah, that is a, an excellent question. And I think just like you can't be best friends with everyone, I don't have the same relationship with all of our brands, which doesn't mean that they're not as good. Right. It's just like, I just don't click with those people as much, or it just hasn't come as naturally, or it's just different. Mm-hmm. And I still have the same level of respect for them. It's just a different relationship. Right. But there are some with whom, I don't know, they just feel like kindred spirits and... It does make a real difference to know those brands so deeply and to have met them. And there are some, like, I mean, they're just such wonderful people. Like when I was in Sweden, I was visiting the My Half Torn family, which I, I love their family so much. And everything they do, I think, comes from such a great place, which I think is such an important thing. When you're using these products, you can sort of, I think, you can sort of feel that intention behind them. Um, same thing with Demamiel. She's just someone who I've known for less time, but I have a similar connection with. Um, and also when I was in Sweden, I met with the founder of Mpico and just adored her. She's just the nicest person. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's equally as important as part of the whole story behind these products, that they're made by really good people. You want mm-hmm. to know that you're using stuff that's made by good people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel the same way about food. You know, like when you go to the farmer's market yeah. and you buy food from the farmer and you get to know them, it just feels different when you're cooking it at home and then when you're eating it, the whole process feels different. Yeah. And then you do have on your blog, I'm actually going to link to this page because I mm-hmm. think it's really helpful for people. Getting into like the more nitty gritty, mm-hmm. you have... You talk about, you know, selecting, I don't even know what the right word is anymore, like natural products. No one knows what the right word is anymore. It's so hard, right? Because nothing is, like, we're not, like, putting actual buckthorn berries on our face. We're, like, mixing (laughs) it with different things. But anyway, you, you, can you just talk through kind of what you explain on that page, which is, like, there are some guidelines for what Mm -hmm. you're selecting, however, you're not, I don't know. yeah. I know. I know what you mean. That's such a (laughs) complicated thing. I think I started this, well, like one of the reasons why I started Ayla was I had worked in this industry for some time and I had seen there were some ingredients that I liked to see being used. There are others that I didn't feel so good about. Um, Having been part of the process of working with even, you know, an entirely new molecule from start to finish and seeing the, the testing that goes behind that, it struck me then And this was back when the idea of, like, natural, clean, green beauty was still weird and fringy. Okay. I thought there is a lot less testing. We just sort of assume that things are okay. Mm, Okay. But at the same time, I've never wanted to scare people into buying products or to make them feel like people are out to get them because they're not. You know, I've worked at big companies that are full of incredibly nice well-intentioned people. And it's not like anyone's trying to sort of like put poison in your product and then, you know, mess with you. Yeah. I think it's just that things evolve and we learn new things every day, every year. And Mm -hmm. like their products and our mindset needs to evolve with that. So I'm not really answering your question. Do you think the guidelines are, you always kind of read like the guide or the the approvals are better in Europe, that there's more stringency in Europe and European products than Mm -hmm. there are here. Is is that true or has that become overblown? I think it's, there's, there's certainly some truth to it. I think in many cases it's become a little bit overblown. I think what is generally true is there are fewer regulations here. Yeah. And so the onus is on the consumer. At the same time, I think, and this is the great thing about this movement of natural and clean, I call it healthy beauty, the fact that it's grown so much, necessarily companies have to pay attention to it. And Mm -hmm. so they're formulating accordingly. So it's actually, I find it pretty difficult to find a product, at least sort of 
in my universe now where it's sort of like, that has something that I really wouldn't use in it. It's, uh-huh. It takes, well. Would you say sunscreens are the most kind of hmm. Not necessarily. I think that what's difficult with sunscreen is if you're using a mineral sunscreen, which I think you should, it's just hard to formulate them and make them feel nice. Totally. And look nice. It's so hard. It's still really hard. Jason always, (laughs) like, when I put my, like, I put my full sunscreen on my face, he's like, you gotta rub it in. You just, and I'm like, it's rubbed, it's rubbed in. It's just a white sheen. Although that is the one, like, I, my kind of, Desert Island yeah. product is the Suntegrity, the five oh, in that one. Stuff is nice. It's tinted. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, that's every day for me. Oh, great. Yeah. 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 And then it's so like you don't need anything else. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Okay. I'm going to get also deeper into the nitty gritty. And I literally just thought of this question, yeah. um, which is lately, you know how there's sort of trends on in out there in the mm-hmm. webosphere or whatever. Um Lately, I'm just endlessly hearing about the skin barrier. Yes. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? And because so, I'm kind of like, I'm seeing like, don't use a retinol until your skin barrier is okay. And, and you're like, is my barrier okay? It's like, well, how do I know that my barrier is doing okay? Oh, and God. What so do I funny. do? And is this just kind of another trend or is it something that you, Dara, think about? Okay. That's a great question. I think it has become another trend, which is so funny to me. (laughs) Um, It is something that we should all think about. And I think it's actually good that it's become a trend because I think especially um, attitudes towards skincare and, you know, what to use and what works well and what people like, they vary so much from culture to culture, Um, which is interesting. It's one of the things that I saw working for a global beauty company and formulating for those different places. Hmm. Um, I think if you had to sort of generalize, the American consumer likes hurt so good skincare. They oh, really wow. like it. Interesting. They like to feel like it's working. And Got usually it. when it feels like it's working, it's stinging, it's stinging your face. Oh, gosh. Um, and so I think for that reason paying more attention to the barrier is helpful because, you know, when it's stinging, it's indicating that your barrier probably needs a little bit more TLC. And once you have a solid, healthy barrier, you'll be less likely to have issues like eczema or redness or just weird rashiness that sometimes people experience. Okay. So that's where the barrier is really helpful. What is funny to me about the fact that it's a trend is it is like, one of those very things that we always thought was like so basic and unsexy that we would never talk about. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. That's so, isn't yeah. It, see, that's what's amazing that yeah. things just change. It is. And suddenly someone's interested in it and somehow they make it sexy yes. and now it's everywhere. Exactly. And it's so funny because, and it's refreshing too, because so many trends get recycled. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm at the age now where I've seen many of them get recycled, like the jade roller. You know, I remember seeing that everywhere in the 90s. And when it came out, I was like, what is the big deal about the jade roller? Um, but the barrier is one that I hadn't really heard of before. No, no, yeah. it does seem to be. Well, and it's interesting that you say like the Hurt So Good products. I mean, presumably if that is the case, we, you know, and I actually, I think about my teen years, that was absolutely totally. the case for me. Remember? Yes. Like the Stridex pads oh, yeah. and the Clearasil. Clearasil. Oh my gosh. It stung so badly. <laughs> so presumably we have maybe stripped our barrier unknowingly. So we do kind of want to yeah. think about it. Um, okay. Well, I don't want to get too far into the weeds and ask you for the specific products. I feel like that's like, but I'm going to ask you all. Oh, yeah. Because, Please do. <laughs> because I'm, yeah, I'm really, I'm really curious. And I love those questions because honestly, every person who I talk to or I recommend a product or talk to them about questions they have, I learn something new from every single person. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, you, you have a really concise bio on your website and I was... Okay. Not surprised, but really happy to see that you mentioned your yoga practice. Yes. Your bio. So I never asked you, you know, what That's right. What role yoga and mindfulness have just have had in your own life. Yeah. 
So I love that question and I never get to talk about it. Okay. So it's fun. Yeah. So I started practicing yoga probably in 1999 and it became probably the most constant thing in my life wow. for decades. I had to stop practicing a couple of years ago because I injured my myself. I had a tendon rupture. And during that time, yoga was really my moving meditation. And so, you know, when I couldn't practice anymore, I started to rely more on meditation, mm-hmm. um, which has been really helpful. And I think is one of those things where when I practiced a lot of yoga, I'd be like, right, I don't know, do I really need to meditate tonight? I'm not sure. So I've found it. It's something I do without fail every day now. That's great. Um, and I hope to get back into yoga because I miss it desperately. But it's one of those things where before I practiced it, I think um, I was sort of one of those people whose head could have been like floating a few inches above their body where there just wasn't that much of a connection. Um, and it was the first time I felt that sense of cohesiveness, mm-hmm. which I thought was so beautiful. It got me really interested in Buddhism, which is my mom's religion. Oh, wow. I didn't know um, that. Yeah. It got me thinking more about the quality of the food that I ate and the quality of the products that I put on my body. I think before I started really practicing yoga a lot, I wasn't concerned so much about that. And it just made me think about it so much more, which I'm endlessly grateful for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is the ultimate. I mean, I think so many of us have felt what you described, which is like that disconnection between the body and the mind. Yeah. And then once you feel a sense of embodiment, it's like such a relief. Yes. It's such a relief that you start to respect everything about yes. your body a lot more. Yes. So that totally. does seem to me like it probably plays a role in in your whole beauty philosophy. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It really does. And I think it's one of the things that makes me think about it all is this sort of like um, everything is connected. And so, for example, the experience that we tried to provide here, it's not just about making sure the products are made by people who are just really good people and have your best interests at heart and really think about the efficacy of their product as much as the healthfulness of it. But also, you know, the people who work here, who talk to customers every day, are really good people who talk Mm -hmm. to them in a certain way that doesn't make them feel shamed in some way. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, we ship every product here. And I feel like that, you know, maybe this is just, I don't know. I feel like your people who are listening to you would appreciate this. But I feel like it's important to know that your package is packed by someone who's like, in many cases, a yoga teacher, actually. Oh, yeah. Who, <laughs> who is doing it with love. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not being packed by someone who's worked, I don't know, like endless hours in a dank warehouse for zero money. It's Right. Yeah. Um, no, actually, yeah, I, I do. When I get my Isla package, I'm so excited. And there's always like a little note from oh, yeah. someone who's just says, thanks, you know, thanks, Andrea, da, da, da. And I know that, I don't know, just knowing you, I know that these are real people that are, yeah. like you said, are happy to be doing what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's like that sense of wholeness that came to me from yoga is something that I I think is important to seek everywhere. Well, I feel like you did that when you developed your seaweed soap. Oh. I wasn't going to necessarily bring this up because um, it's like I had a part, I, I have like a little teeny which tiny so contribution exciting. to it, which if you wanted me to ever re-record that meditation, I'd be happy. I love that meditation. Okay. You know what I think is so great about it is it was the first time I took your meditation course, which I thought was oh, game-changing. Nice. Um, because I think before I took it, I was under the impression that there was one way to meditate. Right. And it was, I think, probably the way that we learned in my yoga teacher training. And I was just had this mindset that I was bad at it because I was like, I just can't focus. And then, like, I hear, like, a chainsaw in the background, and then I get caught up by the sound of the chainsaw. Um, but in the meditation that you recorded for the CSOC, you invite in all those sounds, which I thought was so beautiful. So yeah. thank you so much. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Amazing no, to have you be a part of it. So, so, okay. So can you like talk through, because I came to the shop the night you had a launch party for that 
Oh, yeah. It. Or maybe it was like a Christmas party. I can't remember. Yeah. But I remember I met the seaweed guy. Oh, he is so great. So can you talk through <laughs> what it is? We're, you and I are kind of like talking in code yeah. here. Just what it is and just kind of like how you put that whole product together. It was yeah. like a series of thoughtful steps. Yeah, that, there's a whole story behind that product. Um, so I think I first started thinking about it. I never used to take baths. I was always like shower yeah. every day. Like who has a time for a bath? Um, and then I think it was during maybe 2017 when we had the first really bad wildfire season in a few years and there was smoke in the air all the time. And I had this feeling of just like there was smoke just in my body and I just really felt like I needed to let it go. And I took a seaweed bath because I'd tried one before from Ireland and I thought it was such a cool ritual that they have. And so in Ireland, it's primarily for rheumatism and it's its own sort of fun ritual. I noticed that when I took a seaweed bath, I felt this sense of real, like, almost like I could feel the sense of detoxification and release. And also almost like my body was letting go what it had to let go of and was taking in some things that it needed. Mm. And so I thought it would be so cool to create that. And so I looked around for seaweed foragers to work with. And when I met Ian, I just thought this is the only person I could work with. He is just an amazing human being. And when he goes out, I think that, you know, to my point earlier about the intention that goes into every product, he goes out and he harvests every single piece of seaweed that's in that bath and does it with so much love for the planet and respect for the plant that he's working with. Um, and then likewise, Assault comes from this equally amazing guy who, you know, take salt from Big Sur and filters it nine times because the thought of having microplastics in your salt is just abhorrent to him. And he's just like, I just want it to be the best. And I love people like that who are just so passionate about what they do. Um, so combined, what these two ingredients do is the salt helps extract a lot of nutrients from the seaweed. And then the seaweed sort of like releases nutrients into your bath water. And then also there's a bag. You sort of make a tea out of the seaweed. You put it into a bag and then you steep it. And then you'll find that when you squeeze the bag, this incredible gelatinous substance comes out. And you can rub it all over your face and all over your hair and into your scalp. And it just feels so healing mm -hmm. and hydrating. Um, so I think it's a really special experience. I also personally love, I'm, you know, sort of a type A person. And so I love a good intense experience. I love a bath where I get out of it and I almost feel like I have to lie down or I'll pass out. That's how I feel <laughs> when I do it. It's almost like an acupuncture, how I feel after yes. an acupuncture treatment. Yeah. And then you sleep so soundly. You do. Um, so I just think it's, you know, people look at it and it's, it's not an inexpensive product, but I think of it more as an experience. It's sort of like a massage. Right. It is kind of like a massage. It's like a, yeah. it's like a body tr treatment. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then what I noticed after I got out of every bath is like the person I would see looking back at me in the mirror just looked so much more vibrant and alive. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I kind of want to bottle that so I could have it every day. So that went into our newest product that's launching on May 3rd. Oh, I don't even know about that. Tell me about that. I, well, I'm going to give you one, but it's, oh, um, it's basically, maybe this is reflective of my age, but I thought I want to bottle that gel and I want to, if I'm going to put something on my face, I want it to work really hard because I, you know, don't do anything else to my face. Like I mentioned, I been too scared to do any lasers or any injections or anything. So my products have work to do. So I thought I wanted to do all the things that I hear people come in here every day asking about. Like I want it to brighten their skin. I want it to help with firmness. I want it to give them a glow. And one thing I learned over the past 10 years is everyone sort of wants the same thing for their skin. And the reason why they need more of it or seek more of it it could be a different reason for every person. Mm. Um, so I took the same kelp that Ian harvests and I put it in there along oh. with five other seaweeds and coastal plants that will do. It's 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 so interesting because it's 
an intense effect. It's got these incredible clinical studies behind it. So this will seriously firm your skin and oh it will gosh. seriously so deal, seriously <laughs> deal with um, hyperpigmentation. It even bumps up the efficacy of your sunscreen. It prevents redness. It does so many different things, but it feels so calming and soothing. And it's sort of like this hurts so good skincare, it doesn't have to happen. Right. It can feel good and you can feel like you're doing something good for yourself and get those great things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. I'm hey. excited to try it. I mean, it's this whole hurts so good skincare thing is like a light bulb for me because I feel <laughs> like, I feel a little bit like as women, and I don't mean to generalize, maybe men too, but mm-hmm. um Maybe we bring that into our whole concept of beauty and yes. we can let that go. Yes. I know. And it is, if you think about the history of things that have been thought of as beautiful, even back to like corsets and everything like that, that stuff like literally hurts. Right. Um, there are so many things where it's sort of like you feel like somehow you have to go through this trial right, to have something look good. Yeah. And I was telling you before we started recording, like I've always, so I grew up a dancer. And so when you perform, you know, you put lots of stage makeup Mm -hmm. on and I loved it. Like I always loved makeup and playing around with it in colors. And I, I really enjoy like products and beauty. Yeah. And so to me, it always felt like this, like, um, dichotomy, like either I am supernatural and I don't do anything, which like, I'm not going to do because I'm way too, you know. I don't know. I'm way too into it. Or, you know, I have to feel like it's something I can't live up to and I have to change everything and I have to fix everything and everything looks like crap on my face and I feel terrible. Yeah. So this, yeah. It is such a world of extremes. And I think that's one way in which yoga, I think, has helped me me personally inhabit it more comfortably in that I'd say one of the my major learnings from my yoga practice has been that every day is different. Every day feels different because your body's just going through different things every day. And as far as skin is concerned, it's the same thing. Your skin's a living organ. It's going to be going through things that you have no real control over. And then so I think it inspires you to think about your skin the same way you do about your body. Mm-hmm. Sort of just thinking like, okay, this is just observing it, saying like, this is what's going on. Okay. Mm. Like, that's just the way it is. But then it's interesting to endeavor to do that in this world where it is sort of like, you're either not caring or you're caring so much or you're letting yourself age gracefully or you're doing all these things and there's very little middle ground. And I think it just we're all challenged to find that middle ground for ourselves. Yeah. Um, which is one of the things that to me is so endlessly fascinating about this world that I think could to many people seem very superficial, but I think it's so meaty. Like you can never figure it out. Right. And every day invites you to figure it out a different way. Right, right. So well, maybe you could be like the super put together made up person and the next day you're not, it's okay. Right. Yeah. That's, that's actually really, (laughs) that's really, you're right. I mean, like we contain multitudes. Yeah. So I, you know, maybe we can give ourselves that grace with our quote unquote beauty, right. Or our just like our face to the world. Yeah. That it doesn't have to always be perfectly defined. Yeah. But it is funny to me how early it starts. You know, my my daughter's in middle school, and I see her going through, not necessarily in terms of skin and makeup, but sort of that question of, it's natural, that question of who am I? Mm-hmm. And the, how does the way that I do my hair or the clothes that I wear, all these, like, the fact that I wear or don't wear makeup, how does that convey who I am? And do I want to be that person? It starts early. Mm-hmm. It does. So the the teen tween phase mm-hmm. and you know I I it's it is so hard to go through that phase of life, boys, girls, doesn't yes. matter. Um so much is changing. And then in addition, these kids are seeing so many images um through filters. Yeah. 
So I, you know, it's, it, if I'm honest, it's always been that way, right? Like yeah. Calvin Klein ads that we looked at true. as kids were photoshopped and so airbrushed and all these things. But these are like their peers or, you know, kids yeah. that are just a little normal, quote unquote, kids a little bit older who are able to apply these filters. Um, and I have to be honest, I haven't thought too much about how I'm going to approach makeup and skincare with Sophia. Although I did say to you, I actively worry about endocrine disruptors yeah. for her and mm-hmm. her age. And we go to Target and she just wants this little <laughs> thing or that little thing. And I'm like, sure, because yeah. I don't really know what is problematic or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder, and obviously a huge question, but I just wonder if you think about these things with your daughter, like how you will talk to her about beauty and mm. accepting her self and yeah. what she puts on her body. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I haven't, you know, put together a strategy in my head for all of that. <laughs> I think... Um, Putting you on the spot. Like, <laughs> what's like, your strategy? How will, how will I think about that? <laughs> Give me the outline. <laughs> I think I'm lucky in that I've got all these products that I love that I can just direct her towards. That's true. Um, so that makes it simpler for me. I think the the question for me that I'm going to think about a lot as we go through these next two years is how is she feeling about herself as she's using them? And how does she, is she using them with a sense of, I don't know if I love this word, but a sense of empowerment and a feeling that she's doing something good for herself? Or is it with a sense of fear, like if I don't do this, then something will happen? Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important to have it be a positive, joyful, empowering practice, just like anything else in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can so easily not be. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the thing that I will focus on most. And there's definitely, you know, the question about Target is a good one because there are for sure products everywhere that contain ingredients that I might not necessarily want my daughter to use. So the list that you mentioned, I think, is a good place to start. Right. I tend not to put it front and center because I also, you know, I don't like to scare people and yeah. make them think that all these horrible things are out there. I think it leads to the sense I don't like to approach life from a sense of fear mm-hmm. in that way. But you know, it's good to feel informed. Yes. It's good to feel informed. I'm realizing like, I think that your philosophy is, reminds me of where I finally got to about food. So after cancer, I became like very obsessed with every single thing I was Mm -hmm. eating and putting into my body and everything. And there was some good that came from that. I really was able to shift a lot of things in the way that I in what I was eating. Mm -hmm. But I found that I was, um, taking a lot of things away from my diet, I got like really scared of sugar, Mm -hmm. really, really scared of sugar. And I still don't eat a lot of sugar Mm -hmm. and I'm still pretty mindful about sugar, but I, I switched to focusing more on like when I look at my week or my day and what I'm going to eat, I try to focus more on like the good things that I'm trying to get into my body rather than not, you know, rather than focusing on, Oh my God, I don't want these bad things. Exactly. I try to focus on the positive and like and it, it makes eating so much easier and happier yeah. and like things are not taboo. So I'm not as scared and worried. And cause that doesn't seem like a good strategy no. for staying healthy, you know, <laughs> No, <laughs> if I get really obsessed and worried about every single thing that goes in or on my body, I'm going to go crazy. Right. Yeah. There are so many things to be anxious about, you know, that I think it's good to try to cut things out of that list. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it is very much like, it's funny. I was talking to a reporter maybe last year or a few years ago about how I see beauty as something that can feel very intuitive, almost like the idea of intuitive eating, which Mm -hmm. I know is like (laughs) people, people have different points of view and ways of interpreting that. But it's just like this idea going back to the, what I learned in my yoga practice of just observing what feels good, what feels right, and thinking about why you're doing these things, why you're using these things. If you're hoping for a certain effect or a certain result, 
Why are you hoping for that? And it's all okay. Mm -hmm. But I think just being curious about that is Mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. Being curious. So I want to end by talking about a topic that people might be tired of me talking about, but I, <laughs> you know, it's my podcast, which is perimenopause and menopause. Love you, it. You are one of the few. Um, I think you might be the only beauty brand I've ever seen that has always had a section on your website that's front and center. Mm-hmm. So obviously so many directions we could go here, but mm-hmm. let's just start with the nitty gritty. Like what do you think is important for our skin at this stage of our lives? Why did you create that section? Yeah. I created it because I thought it was, I have spoken with so many women who are going through perimenopause and menopause, and it can sometimes wreak havoc on your skin. And there's a feeling as you're going through it, like you're, you don't have control over it. You don't know what's happening. It also feels sort of like, honestly, after all I've gone through, now I have to deal with this. Like again, it just (laughs) seems like such an, such a cruel irony, adult acne. Um, and so, but I think another major thing is they all feel so alone. Like they're the only ones who are dealing with this. And so I think making it a category was just saying like, there are a lot of people who Mm -hmm. are looking for this. I think that everyone's skin responds to perimenopause and menopause in different ways. So I think the most important thing is just, again, to be curious and to notice and to see what's happening. Typically what people notice is, especially as they get deeper into menopause, they are just dry. And it's almost like this sense of dryness that cannot be addressed possibly by anything. Mm. Um, Parched. Yes, so parched. Um, And so I think one thing to remember is, I think our natural, where it comes to skincare, our natural inclination is to say like, I am dry, therefore I should just like add a lot of oil and heavy things to my skin. And one thing that I tell almost everyone is remember that your skin is made of oil elements and water elements. And so to adequately moisturize, you need to give it both things. So you need to give it some something that gives you like a water-based sense of hydration and then also that oily, rich creaminess. Mm, okay. Um I think that can sort of help stem stem that that dryness a little bit for a lot of people. I think it's also important to just honestly find a great doctor. There aren't that many who, I think, take care of women in the way that I think there's an opportunity to. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a search that's that's worthwhile mm-hmm. because. Mm-hmm. There are many things that you can do topically, but a lot of it has to be done internally. Mm, And then it comes to all these questions of, you know, do you do hormone replacement therapy? Do you do other things? Um, Which I can't advise on, but I can encourage people like this is a worthwhile thing to investigate. Explore. Right, right, right. The acne issue is an interesting one. And I think the other piece of advice that I can give to pretty much anyone is this acne is different from the acne of your teenage years. And so, you know, I would say don't go to the Stridex and Clearasil pads that were <laughs> such fixtures in our youth. It's probably going to respond to different things. And it will probably take a little bit of trial and error. It'll probably be cha- changed from day to day. And so I would say just find someone, some whether it's a brand or a business or a person you can partner with, who will you can trust to sort of advise you as you go through that? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you might find that your skin all of a sudden is super sensitive to things that it was never sensitive to before, and that's mm-hmm. totally normal and expected. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's just sort of what happens. Yeah, I have like a slight, some slight herb sensitivities that I didn't have before. Yeah. So I know. Yeah, I noticed what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking about you know, before we spoke, because I figured you might ask me about this. I was thinking about this stage and also, ironically, the stage that our daughters are going through. And I was talking to my daughter one night. Interestingly, my parents saved my old, like, little twin stars um, diary from the 80s. I had a lock on it. And so <laughs> um, I had my son, who's a budding engineer, figure out how to pick the lock so I could read it. And I was reading it, and it was like all those middle school years. And I was like, these were not good times, Mm -mm. you know, 
there just weren't. And I realized that I was always writing in my diary when I was upset about those things. Right, <laughs> you right, know, right, it was right. never of like, course. today was a great day. Yeah. Um, but it reminded me how hard it was. And I was talking to my daughter and I was like, I'm just trying to think of what is the, what is the piece of learning that we can get from this time? And I was like, honestly, maybe it's just that this is a hard time and times are not always going to be magical. And so maybe that's the period that we're going through now, too, where it's like, it's not going to always feel magical right. all the time, but we're not alone. At least right. you know that. Right, right. And it is a phase. Yeah. It is a phase. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's helpful. You know, yeah, I think that's very helpful. I don't know. <laughs> Because what else can we do, right? Right. <laughs> what else can we do? Um, yeah, I talked to Jason recently about like some of what she's going through right now is a bit of learning to sit with discomfort. Yeah. So it's the same for yes, us. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I was telling you before we started, and we can we can end here, but just the last ten years, ten years. For me, I've noticed my aging, like I've noticed my changing face. Mm -hmm. And it has not been easy. Yeah. And I have not felt great about it. Yeah. And I I am 50 now. So Mm -hmm. it's sort of like when I turned 50, it was like, oh, this is inevitable. Right. And I I felt a little bit like I'm on the other side. Like it's just going to change. Mm-hmm. It's just the reality. And, you know, can I actually embrace anything about it? Yeah. And, you know, can I, and so you and I have talked about this a little bit, like, I mean, I like that you have the perimenopause menopause section. Cause like, as you said, it just shows like, this is a real thing and yeah. we don't have to just only in beauty be aspiring to look younger. Yeah. And, we don't have to only be aspiring to stay 25. Like mm-hmm. it's actually just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, and, and I think it's important, you know, you, one of the, um, Marie Veronique is, um, one of your brands mm-hmm. and the woman, I, there's, I think there's two, are they co-founders? Christina. So yeah. she works, she collaborates with Christina okay. on a lot of formulas. Okay. Christina is her director of skin health. So okay. she's a, they they think about a lot of things but together. Marie herself is an older woman yeah. and beautiful and yeah. but looks her age. Yeah. And yeah, that seems to be important to see that representation. So I wonder it if is. you have any thoughts about like I don't know, your own aging and and mm-hmm. and coping with your own aging phase. Yeah, that's a very good question because it's sort of like I've thought about it, too, like in the sense that some people talk about seeing themselves age and thinking, well, I don't feel like what I see in the mirror. And there is a disconnect there, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really interesting. But maybe it can turn into a more positive, a more positive thing. If you think about someone like Marie, who I think is so aspirational in that, yeah, she She's not obviously running around getting a lot of things injected into her face or getting a facelift, but she looks so vibrant. She and does. if you meet her, mm-hmm. she is just one of those people who just like, she just owns it. And she is who she is. And she's great with that. And she has strong opinions and she's not afraid to talk about them. And I think that is awesome. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that I hear, thankfully, often from women who are. 40, 50 plus, you think, you know, as I get older, I feel more comfortable with myself. And, you know, it's interesting that perhaps we had to wait this long to get to that point. But uh-huh. I mean, we're getting there. Right. So like that, <laughs> that's, that's something. awesome. And it's <laughs> sort of why, you know, we were talking about Justine Bateman before and yeah. how I loved what she said, which was, I think I look rad. And it's just like, that is such a strong statement of just ownership, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and pride. Yeah. So like, you should all feel that way, I think. Yeah. Not should, I should. The should is fun. Let's all try to feel that way. Yeah. And whatever Encourage each other to feel that way. Yeah. I mean, when I think about the fact that I'm trying to, when I hard on myself, I wish I still looked, you know, 25 or 30, or I wish I had done this differently so that my skin still looked, Yeah, you know, because I scrubbed my skin and I did all these things. Then I think, well, at that point in my life, I felt sad that 
people didn't take me seriously. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I hadn't earned a lot of wisdom yet. Yeah. And I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. I feel like I've earned my wisdom. I've earned my seat at the table. I've earned my opinions. I've, you know, and so how can I combine, you know, that internal feeling with feeling okay with right. changes on the outside? Yeah. It's hard. It is hard. It's hard to have whatever you're going through. Um, it's hard to reconcile what's outside with what's inside. Yeah. But it's possible. And I think you just have to tell yourself, like, just to continue to think deeply about it. Right. And it is nice to have some, you know, sort of famous women not, and, and like you and I were talking, like, no judgment about anything that anybody chooses to do. It's, yeah. you know, like, I've done lasers, I dye mm-hmm. my hair, you know, I've done oh, things. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but it is kind of nice to see some people standing up and saying, like, no, my face looks interesting. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no one way to look. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Which is so, it's like so interesting also thinking about that. And how we struggle with it during a time when we are so much more accepting of diversity in so many other ways, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. It's interesting to think about. Yeah, it really is. Well, thanks so much, Dara. I had so much fun talking to you. And uh, I'm going to take a little stroll around your store. Oh, please And look at all the the delicious, amazing goodies. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. I love this. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening, everyone. If you want to see some photos of Dara's shop, I will put them on my Substack, which you can find and subscribe to at yogaland.substack.com. Substack will ask for your email address and you kind of have to give it to them if you want to subscribe, but you can become a free member if you would like to, or you can become a paid member. And either way, you'll get to see the post with those photos. I'll also put show notes at yogalandpodcast.com dot com slash episode 293. And if you enjoyed this podcast, let me know. I would love to know. You can share it on social media. You can leave a review or you can just join my Substack and tell me there. Okay, everyone. Until next week, enjoy your practice. <laughs>